I got Zagat on Zagat on Zagat, bro. I got 1998, 1999, 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003, 04, 05. It's six years old collecting Michelin books. Everyone kept telling us, ate it. Real talk interviews, diving into their come up stories, favorite dishes, and their take on food news. But mostly, we're just forking around. What up, Aided Fam? Today's a special day. It's our first official episode of our podcast, Forking Around. We've got a really special guest on the show today. He's 17 years old, he's obsessed with ramen, he's a chef from Queens, New York. And we're going to talk about his ramen pop ups, his come up story, and more. But as always, we're just forking around. Welcome to the show, Chef Josh Reisner. Yo, what's up? I'm 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 ready to fork around. Is that proper usage of your term? I think that's it, dude. I think that's it. Okay. I'm excited. So, I'm excited. I'm glad you're excited. We're we're happy to have you as the first one on the show, man. First one. I'm the first guest. Yeah, man. This is going live to the world. First one. Ooh, okay, okay. I'm excited. I got my two waters here. You were just telling me about how you learned through yoga that hot water is the best um so i actually I, you're right i'm gonna start drinking hot water forever bro let's cheers 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 bro bang now now we're ready now we're ready <laughs> josh just dropped an exclusive delivery and pickup only ramen kit on aided app so so let's talk about this for a minute like let's rewind talk to me a little bit about how you came up with this idea to do ramen kit pop-ups in the first place i heard of ramen pop-ups but ramen kit pop-ups are, are a whole nother wave. So way back, way back, like in April, 2017, that was, I did my first pop-up. Um, I got the menu hanging up over there. So I, I would bring it over, but um, nice. I, ever since then, I've been kind of playing with the format of my pop-ups and, you know, I've done everything from, ramen counter super intimate ramen counter with like 10 people there to huge catering things to like tasting menus but as soon as covid hit i was like oh i'm never doing i'm never going to be able to do one of these pop-ups again and i saw a lot of people like doing the no contact food kind of thing and i was like well that's the whole fun part the the contact with the customer and then I remember my mentor who is making the noodles and the greatest <laughs> noodles in um, in America, at least, Keizo Shimamoto-san, he was doing some ramen kits here and there. And I picked him up. So ramen is something that a lot of people, like craft ramen is something that a lot of people think is very hard to make. But... The reason why also ramen restaurants are one of the most profitable business restaurant businesses right now. And I think that I, I realized that because ramen is so easy to make when you have all the, when you have all the mise en place and when you get a ramen kit from these people, it's like, it takes 10 minutes to heat up. So I was like, you know, I'm, I never want to do something where it's like, I give people a bunch of ingredients and it takes an hour because, you know, I love all my customers, but they want to eat. They don't necessarily want to go through all that bullshit. So I just want to make sure to handle it for them. And 
So they could heat this kit that we're doing now. They get heated up in like 15 minutes. And I think that this format, this pop-up format is the best so far that, that I've done because I get to spend extra time with the customers because I'm not like running around um, a restaurant trying to do like a million different things at once that are all different. You know, this, this format is, is way more chill. It takes a lot of planning, which I've gotten a lot better at. But to see the customer and to actually hand the customer your, your food, a big bundle of your food, is way more powerful than any other pop-up. So that was a long answer, but yeah. That's what's up. No, that's great. This, this project that I'm doing right now, at least, is very symbolic to me. Because before, you know, when I was about to do a pop-up, it was like, oh, you want to come and, you know, take over the kitchen for a night and, you know, figure it out? And I was like, sure. But this one is more calculated. This is more, this is my thing. Um, and, you know, the delivery, the, the guy who's delivering the, the ramen kits in the four boroughs, he's like um, one of my friends from uh, middle school and high school. Everyone that's involved in this kit, I'm, I would say I'm really good friends with or family. Uh, yeah. That's amazing. It's 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 some real New York shit too. Like this isn't this isn't Uber Eats, DoorDash, Grubhub situation. This is this is real Queens yeah. New York shit. Um, and like it's that. also inspired by New York a lot. Like I think that not in it, I I don't want to call it tacky because um, I respect a lot of the New York centric food that people are doing, but. When people think of New York inspired, they think of like, oh, he's going to make a bacon, egg, and cheese, a chopped chop cheese, cheese ramen, ramen or something like that. Yeah. Cheese ramen or like he's going to put the everything bagel seasoning on it or he's going to make pizza ramen. Uh, no. Yeah. Um, when I say New York inspired, I say it's like, you know, the feeling of sitting on the seven train, even though you're taking a bunch of different parts, it's like it culminates into this one unique experience and i think that when i say new york inspired it's really just my version of new york because everyone has their own version of new york uh, yeah that's facts yeah. i like that well i think you've teased you've teased this enough and the people want to hear what is actually in this next kit i know we we talk, we're talking about a beet show you ramen we're talking about another one that's made with sunchokes. Can you go into the the details of what's the story behind each so, of the dishes? So, I mean, I'll go from the first thing that you'll take out of the kit, right? So you get the snack, which is the first time we did a ramen kit, we just did the Canal de Allonge uh, ramen with uh, some Marcona almonds coated in smoked duck fat. And people liked that a lot. It was like tingly, it was numbing. And, you know, that, that kit wasn't really New York inspired. It was just, you know, when I'm chilling at my house on a Friday and my parents are sitting at the table, picking at snacks and, and drinking whatever their favorite craft beer is of the week. And I'm making my ramen. It's just that, that whole experience. But this time, since it's vegetarian, we're doing burnt allium, which are like onions, shallots, garlic. And actually, when you burn that kind of stuff, it gives it like a really nice flavor mixed with uh, mala seasoning, which is the numbing 
So I would say that is a very good bar snack. And that's actually inspired by this place in Singapore um, called, the, I think it's the Raffles. Yeah. So there's this place in Singapore where it's like, you know, Singapore is one of the cleanest places in the world. But there's this one bar called the Long Bar Raffles. Yeah, the Long Bar Raffles Hotel where they're just bowls of peanuts and you just throw them on the floor after you're done. Best. You know, you know, it's a good bar when they let you put peanuts on the floor. Yeah, yeah. always. It's a good sign. So that is the snack. Um, and that's just to pick on while you're cooking. Cause I think that it's like, instead of eating the actual meal, it's like, it's just a, a, a different thing to, to, to snack on. And then the appetizer is, uh, everyone gets two tostones. So we use yellow plantains. A lot of people will complain that we don't use green, but I like using yellow plantains more because it's softer, it's sweeter, it's more tangy. And then that's topped with like a marinated uh, vine tomato and mushroom, shiitake mushroom salad and the shiitake mushrooms. That's the first mushroom from Mushroom Queens and shiitake mushrooms. Usually when you go to like the grocery store, the shiitake mushrooms that you see are like sitting around for days because shiitakes have like the longest shelf life. But these shiitakes are, when you, when you get them the day of, it's like they're plump. They're just, they're just, ah, oh my God. I can't, I can't even explain. They're really nice. And then the bowl, the, we're doing two bowls of ramen. I thought that, you know, people wouldn't, since it's like not meat or something, I was like, okay, we'll give people a choice this time since there's no meat. I'm starting to see why I shouldn't have done that because it's very hard, but it's very fun because we're doing a caramelized sunchoke ramen. Sunchokes are roots in the, I think winter, it's like a wintry spring root closer to winter. You love sunchokes. I love sunchokes. It tastes like a potato plus shallots plus fennel, plus celeriac, and just warmth. But people don't know. People don't know what they are. They're also called Jerusalem. Yeah, people, people are sleeping. They're, people people sleep sunchokes. on sunchokes. But the, those, are, those are really nice. And then we have the beet show you. And this one is like, it, it completely stains the noodles. My, I, I ruined the whole chef jacket from it. it uh, but I think the, the beet flavor in in a vegetarian shoyu ramen because so dope i think what makes a really good shoyu ramen shoyu ramen is the chicken flavor but since we can't use that i was like all right maybe let's use beets and beets give like this whole different level of umami and i'm not a fan of like you know i think it's great and i think it's the future like the um vegan food that's mimics like food with meat in it but it's just you know i love beets and i love sunchokes i love meat too but i'm not trying to mimic that i'm just that, i mean that could be a whole nother podcast that we could talk about the difference between imitation meat and actual vegan food so let's put a pin in that and save it for episode two but i feel you on that the whole inspiration by the rom for this ramen is like I absolutely love beets. I love sunchokes. I just want to make whatever goes best with that. And also the mushrooms, like at the end of the day, those are the star of the show. So everyone will get golden, golden oyster mushrooms, fresh, 
and then blue oyster mushrooms, also fresh. And then after that, after that bowl is done, and it's a huge bowl. It, I would say it's at least like 1.5 times the normal bowl of ramen size. I want to feel as close to these mushrooms as possible. And I want, I want my fingerprint to be on each, each person's mushroom kit. So I was like, man, I'll just do it myself. And you said there's a dessert as yes. well. You haven't even, you didn't even <laughs> mention that. So the dessert is, um, the dessert is made by Atelier Ahoy, who actually made some special flavors for us. Um, it is one of the lightest desserts I've ever eaten. And I'm not a dessert person. Like I really don't like desserts actually, but this one was, was fire. So it's, um, it's like a chiffon sando. It's like this cloud, this weightless cloud of, of a beautiful, um, chiffon cake, um, with a whipped Earl Grey in the center or, um, matcha and red bean. The thing that I really like about this, Josh, is that you are creating an experience. It's not just a kit. It's not just, you're not just getting a, you know, a, a bag of broth and noodles and you throw it together in 15 minutes and that's all you get. You're, you've thought about every touch point that every customer is going to experience when they get this, whether it's delivered or picked up. And I think your passion and love for what you do comes through in everything that people are going to receive. And I think that's super dope innovating and thinking about different ways that things come together that aren't expected. Now, I want you to I want you to talk a little bit about this mushroom plug that you have in Queens. I know you you referenced it when you were going through the items in the kit. But if anyone's listening right now that has Instagram, go on Instagram, check out check out first off, check out Josh at Chef Josh R. Check out his page because he's been posting and tagging them. But then also check out at Mushroom Queens. These guys, the, when I saw Josh posting about these mushrooms, I was like, is this dude in Alice in Wonderland or what? Like, where is he? And from the conversations that I've had with Josh, he says they're right in Queens, right under, right under our noses. Tell us a little bit about these, these Mushroom Queens and, and take us to Shroom School. Oh, Shroom School. Okay. So I, I also did leave one huge part of the kit off the licked pro the licked project but we will get to that later yeah okay yeah yep. so we'll with talk about all mushroom queens i met these guys it was a it was a few days before thanksgiving I, I i generally don't say no to any food that's put in front of me because i know how important that food is to the person um who's giving it to me and of course, when it's fresh mushrooms, it's like, of course, of course, why would I not, you know? And then they show up to my lobby and we have an hour long conversation about how mushrooms grow, how important mushrooms are. And I wish that I could be as knowledgeable about that kind of stuff as them. Um, I would love to spend more time with them because every, every conversation that we have, it's just like... It is, I learned more from those conversations than a week at school, um, week, weeks at school, um, months at school. So, um, you know, and then the, I, I, I'll just run you through some, some of the stuff that we've discussed, like the future of mushrooms, um, because they're so easy to grow and 
They are so healthy for the environment. The future is literally going to be, at least in my opinion, I think that people will be sleeping on beds made of mushrooms, sitting on chairs made of mushrooms, shoes made of mushrooms. Cause you know, like it's unhealthy to like wear shoes apparently. Um, and <laughs> the artificial materials outside are not healthy for us. So if we were always touching a mushroom, it would just enlighten us kind of. So the future of mushroom infrastructure actually is, is insanely promising. And that's number one. Number two is um, psilocybin. Um, psilocybin is used for therapy for veterans, I think. Um, not I think, they, it is. Um, and it is, it is uh, that, that practice is insane. Um, and then it's also like mushrooms are like we were talking about before, like, you know, I don't necessarily want a substitute for meat, but I think that if you were to even look at it that way, mushrooms are a great substitute for meat because they have more umami. I would, I would say more umami. Um, you know, when you think of umami, you think of mushrooms, that's the first thing. For sure. And, and that's what's cool about what you're doing is you're, you're not only thinking about the experience from a like a customer standpoint, but you're thinking about the collaborators that you're bringing to the table to round it out and make it the best possible experience. I think, you know, you just talked a little bit about Mushroom Queens and um, you mentioned Licked Media before then. Like, tell us a little bit about Licked and, and what role they're playing in this in this ramen kit pop up. So Leaf from Licked is, he's a G. He worked at, at Joe Beef. He worked at Aloe in um, Toronto. And I guess he watched me on MasterChef Junior or something. I guess we linked up on Instagram and I was like, oh, you wanna, you wanna have a call? And we just discussed and we really kicked it off. And, you know, he was reading my mind and I was reading his mind. And then we came up with Pleasure Paste and that was our first project. At that time, I was experimenting a little bit with uh, TCM, Chinese herbal medicine, like those remedies and, and that kind of stuff. And looking into the benefits, Leaf was like, okay, let's make an aphrodisiac Janduya. And I was like, oh my God, Janduya is my favorite. It's like Janduya is better than Nutella, but no one knows what Janduya is. Most people already don't know what Janduya is. So to make a special aphrodisiac uh, Janduya would be insane, especially when both parties are underage. But we were like, we were like, let's just do it. And then, and then we did it. It's steeped with Sichuan peppercorns and uh, laced with orange peel. Tastes amazing. And it act, you know, the aphrodisiac part on it, but it actually does make more awake when it's not for the other purpose. But then he was like, okay, Passover's coming up. Have you ever had matzo crack? And I, as soon as I heard crack, I was like, okay, that, we got to sell something inspired by matzo crack because I've never heard of it. And then he was talking about what if we made matzo crack inspired instant ramen? And I was like, what? When I was a kid, I would take instant ramen to school. I would just eat that shit. I would not, you know, dip it in water mm -hmm. or submerge it. I would just eat the whole block. Like a snack. Like a snack. Yeah. And I think a, a lot of people do that. 
that's a great guiltily did that in college when i was like yeah you just i'd smash it up you smash up the package you rip open the little thing shake some of that stuff in give it a little shake shake yeah. goes great and you're, a, you're a hot yeah. water fan so you could just you just <laughs> eat it and then you just guzzle a bunch of boiling water or some shit so i did some r d and if you toast the instant ramen and i was like whoa you're already getting into changing the flavor of instant ramen by bringing out the oils in it and toasting it. And you basically toast a bunch of instant ramen noodles, coat them in um, toffee, and then dip them in chocolate and put uh, stuff on it. And I was like, okay, go, go for it. Because everything that all these collaborators are doing, it's like, I just want to make sure that they bring their best um, to the game. It's kind of like, I'm a big Kanye fan. You know, every project is like the level of intensity. I, I don't like using the word perfection because I think that perfection is the enemy of a lot of things. But everyone in this whole process, just to be as inspired as possible. It's intentionality. You want you want to work with people that put intention into everything they do. They're not just doing it to to get shit yeah. done or whatever, make money, yeah. whatever. It's it's purpose, purposefulness and intentionality, I think is maybe one of the words that you're looking for because yeah. everyone you've described and even your own methods, they all ladder up to that because you care about every little thing. And it's not, it's not perfection because yeah, sometimes things will be screwed up, but if you, if you have the intention behind it and it's 80% perfect, 90% perfect, people are going to think it's 100% perfect because we'll, we'll always be our own harshest critic. You know, you've talked about a lot of the collaborators. We're one of the collaborators from a tech standpoint. I'm, I'm curious to, to have the, our listeners hear directly from you. Why did you decide to exclusively drop it on Aidit? Before I even met you, I found Aidit through Instagram and I was literally like, I don't like downloading apps on my phone. I don't like, you know, you know, when someone is like, oh, I went to Via Corota the other day, it was really good. I'm like, I don't care, bro. <laughs> like I go there when I want to go there. Don't tell me where to go. Don't tell me where to go. Cause I know this more than you. So <laughs> when I saw all the critics that I love, and like, I saw some of the places that I like, I'm like, okay, this is the first app food related that hasn't immediately pissed me off. And then I kept, I honestly kept looking, I kept looking for like, you know, something that was going to be like, okay, I get, yep. But it never came. And I've been using that app ever since. I think something that I would call myself a very, queens person i love queens i love all parts of queens but i think exploring queens really started because of aid wow that's pretty cool yeah thank you um like i remember actually yeah yeah yeah. the first once i was really craving like peking duck and this was a few weeks before a few weeks before the first duck ramen kit when my friend was like okay, we bought, the, we bought these ducks. Can you cook them for us? And I was like, okay, I haven't had duck in a really long time. So I got to look through this app. And I went to uh, Shanghai U Garden, which was on the app. I was like, okay, this is cool. And then I kept going um, to, to places on Aided. 
and I I haven't been disappointed yet, um, and I don't think that they will come. And it has really been an outlet to help me explore Queens. I would go on like in back in November, October. I'm not sure when I started using it, but I would go on like these bike rides, like through Flushing Meadow Park to Flushing or to Corona, and then I would just say, okay what's on aid it near me. And then I would get my exercise, I would get my food, I would get content. And it was it was a it was good. When I had a call with you, I was like, okay, this is already an awesome app. But the potential of this is is incredible. So then obviously, when you're like, okay, let's launch it on aid it. I was like, I'm already there. Let's do it. Yeah. And I think um, after getting to know you and realizing you know, your, your expertise in the food space, it was a no brainer to make you an official aid at critic on the app. So for those of you listening, you can find all of Josh's recommendations on the app of his favorite places to eat around New York. So what's, um, let's talk about what you got on there. Like, what are some of your, what are your, some of your favorite dishes around New York city that are in aid it, that the aid it fam can find? So, um, here, let me, let me, uh, pull it up. But the Shanghai U garden is obviously um, one of my favorites. I actually, I feel a little bad for this, but I found, uh, this place through aid it called this, uh, Fusca place, Fuchka, which is like Bang- Bengali food. It was the first, one of the first times I ever had Bengali food. And there was another place around the corner. And I was like, okay, that place is already on the app. So I can't add that again, but I'll try that one. And it was actually better. So I added the better one. I added Shuya. Shuya is my spot. And when you, have you ever been to Shuya? No, we're going. Shuya is, I'll take it to Shuya. Shuya is one of the greatest restaurants in Queens. I, I, um, I had a meal yesterday with my sous chef just chilling out and we came to the conclusion that this is one of the most innovative greatest restaurants in Queens that one's fire Juku was also a really good ad it's in Chinatown but I think that Juku is one of the best uh sushi places in New York at least they have that aged uni which literally tastes like cheddar cheese that that was perfect that was that whistle could not have been better timed let see I added I added Joe's rice roll even though it's already on there, I just said, yeah, but um, Joe's is fire. The Empayon Al Pastor, the cheeseburger taco. That's a, that's so good. Damn, and, I haven't and, had um, that yet. That one is, is, is unbeatable. And their tortillas are amazing. Tea and milk, I added. Tea and milk is my favorite boba spot. Shout out to tea and milk. And then, yeah, I, I, I always have, I would say I use the app at least every day. What do you use it for every day? So like I am always hungry. And since I don't eat out a lot, I don't get that many chances to post new things on Aid It. But sometimes when like I've put a lot of like I've put a lot of my close friends onto this app because they're like, okay, what are we going to eat? And And I've never I've literally never thought that this would ever happen in my life where I would be like, well, actually, there's this app. Some things are just meant to be. So yeah, I've, I've been in that situation a, a lot of times where I'm like, 
Yeah, there's this new app on my phone. I've ne- I never thought I would ever say something like that in my life. But I, I'm I'm always like, yeah, this, there's this app that you should get. But let me see. What are my favorite categories? I love dim sum. Yeah, we're we're building. We we got a we got we got a couple new ones coming in hot too. We're we're gonna add a um a food merch category. We're gonna curate all the best food merch in the app. And then we're also gonna add a ingredients like a condiments category. So any like chili oils. It could be chili oils. It could be anything that's highly recommended, top recommended from credible people like you are going to be on there. So, so I, I got a question for you, like from, I'm curious what your, what your, your opinion is on this, because you've been around the block, you've seen the food industry play out for a little bit. Obviously back in the day it was all about the expert opinion. It was all about Michelin and you know, the Michelin books were giving out all the, the, the recommendations. Oh, what do you got a Michelin book? I only got, I only got one Michelin guide. I have the two 2015, but I got Zagat on Zagat on Zagat, bro. I got 1998, So I know a thing or two about what it's like to really suck up to the experts but that was the original app back in the day. It was that book. And, you know, that those books were the way that people found out about the best food. And, and that came from that expert opinion. You also got recommendations from the writers at the New York Times, etc. And then the internet came out. Bang. Everyone is creating apps and all this cool stuff. Yelp comes out. Social media starts launching, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Now everybody has an opinion, and it becomes, a, as Anthony Bourdain said, a democratic bathroom wall of opinions. You know, that's kind of where we were a few years ago, and now, now I feel like we're hitting this point of oversaturation of people's opinions. Where do you think this is going to go next? All my life I have been... I have immersed myself in looking at what's hot in the food industry. I mean, some things it's like, I would say, um, and especially as someone who is doing ramen, which had a very huge wave in, I'd say like 2015 to 2017, with at least the, the, the food critic world, past, present, and future. Yes, it's great that everyone has an opinion now. But I think there needs to be some sort of shield or some sort of second wall or I don't even know what you call that when it's like when you're going into a a two-factor authentication for being an idiot online and being a Karen online. Um, I think there is something needed like that. And I think that your system is very great for that. And I also think that like people have a lot of power yes and i think that it is fair to say that just like you know everyone should have their own ramen kit experience everyone does have their own experience at a restaurant sometimes i am at a restaurant and the door is open and it's cold i am just a sensible person and i know that i'm not going to blame it on the restaurant and i think that a lot of people I think a lot of people who do that 
they seem like the people who go to restaurants be- just because like they think it's just something they should do. Yeah. You don't you don't shred them on online. It's it's the restaurant business is very hard to make money in this business and only reason unless you, you know, have 20 restaurants that have some sort of edge on everyone else and that's why you open them all. Most restaurants exist because those people were like, okay, it's hard, but I love this type of food and I love cooking for people and I love running a party and I love, you know, running a room and I love seeing all these different faces come into the restaurant and leave with a smile. And I think people don't understand that the people on the other side of that restaurant experience, they're also humans. And if it were maybe a better system where, you know, it could be reviewed and say, okay, no, you can't say this because you were literally like, um, you weren't wearing a mask. So, of course, they should be mean to you. You don't have any reason. To, you, you can't say this. Um, but there's that. And then the alarming problem that a lot of people don't know is that Yelp does some switcheroos. You know what I'm saying? And at least Yelp does some switcheroos. And, you know, I say this all the time. It's literally like, it's literally like the mafia. <laughs> it's like, um, you know, no, especially because a lot of restaurants, at least in New York, are run by minorities and people who don't have like white privilege. You're literally Yelp is literally robbing them. What 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 is a real what 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 do you see a, a real a real critic behaving like in the future? I think it's very hard to be a hundred percent true critic because you're always being swept. I mean, that is literally your job to review restaurants. So at, at some, at some point you're going to reach, come to the dilemma. Okay. Should I get a bigger check or should I highlight this restaurant and do it well? But then you see what happens when critics don't get paid. And that is a Karen. So it, it's really just, it's a very hard problem. I, I thought it would be a very hard problem to solve, but I think that aid it is honestly going to solve that problem. Appreciate that, bro. We're trying. We're doing our best. It's, uh, it's, it's tough, man, because food is subjective. Like people, people, everyone has an opinion on food. So, you know, what we're trying to do is, is take, take the subjectivity out of it keep it as objective as possible, keep it about the expert opinion and, and, you know, give people the food that they need. I think that the reason that I say that about Aided is because I think the only critics who are suitable to critique are people who've done it. When I see a lot of the writers that I don't like get into a kitchen and start sweating before they even put the apron on, that is when I'll be like, boom. But it, it's that's never gonna happen. That's never gonna happen because there's always this invisible wall between chefs and critics, and it's just not the right environment. But when chefs review other chefs because they have empathy and they know how hard it is, and they know 
that is that is a simple solution that no one has wrapped their head around but you guys yeah and it, and it's also like all about positivity because sure you can go in if you read some of these critics articles they're you know very long breaking down the entire process there are negative parts and there are positive parts and all we're doing is picking out the positive part because sure like you can read two paragraphs about how shitty the chicken dish was and why it sucked so bad but that doesn't help me when i'm hungry i want to know what he thought was fire so like if he's saying that the salmon whatever was so good that's what goes and ate it the negative part just can stay in the article and i think something that's funny which it just proves again that it's like you're not you're just stupid bro like um it's like when i read a karen's email uh, uh review on something and they think they're being like funny or humorous and they t- like bro you just man you just stupid um yeah they're just doing it for shock yeah, value they're just doing it for shock value and i think that that is literally just the only solution because when critics get paid to do this they will sacrifice a little bit of their own thought um mm-hmm. but when a chef does it and a chef knows the struggle that's where miracles happen i mean that's where that's like why collaborations are such an amazing thing cuz you get to walk into the room and you see both of these chefs you know this silent like uh brotherhood or sisterhood um right yeah it's 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 beautiful josh this was awesome this was awesome we talked about the ramen kits we talked about your perspective on the food industry we talked about your collaborators we talked about your process this was a great episode of forking around i'm so happy to have you as my first guest and i can't wait to have you back multiple times to talk about everything there's there's so much more to talk about thank you so much you you guys are you guys are going to change the world thank you so much man that means a lot all right man i'll see you later Peace. Did you know that all the recommendations given on this episode can be found on Aidit? Download Aidit, the simplest way to find the best food, now available on both iOS and Android. And use the secret password to get in. Fork. F O R K. Subscribe to the pod on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Aidit app to see who our next guest is. Till then, stay hungry, never hangry.